You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 028. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> and release. And release. <laughs> so what you guys don't know is we just spent almost 15 minutes recording this podcast. Blah, all, blah, blah. All to realize that my microphone Mr. Wasn't Smith's on. microphone was not on. So. I want to be heard. You need to be heard. I need it's, to be heard. It's important that you be heard. Yes. So we had this lovely podcast all squared away for you, and now we get to start over. Now we get to start over That's right. again. So anyway, Th- there must have been meaning behind that. There's a what lesson. Were we, oh, about being an old lady. That's what it was. Geriatric tendencies. We were That's talking about talking. geriatric tendencies and about how we have this kind of debate. Like I think Mr. Smith has way more old man qualities. And I can see his evolution into becoming an old man. Right. Just like versus I can see yours. my old ladyisms. Mm-hmm. You got old ladyisms. I don't. You, yes, you do. You got like 30 pills, <laughs> creams and lotions those all are, over the place. Those are like essential things, like vitamin B. Absolutely. And Absolutely. They're, they're not essential. pills. Right. They're capsules of delicious sustenance for my body. There's still a full-on cup of... <laughs> supplements everyone's gonna think i'm a druggie <laughs> <laughs> not those oh kind of pills. good thing i don't give a shit what people think God. i forgot you have all your creams and lotions I have cre- but that is just because i w- would like i want to stay hydrated and uh-huh. i've been like that since my 20s and you wear little nighties that you hold the crotch and i don't wear little you around. know i sleep naked <laughs> so do i I don't. What's that got to do with I being an old person? I do not hold the crotch. Yes, you, you do. I do not hold the crotch like a moo moo style. <laughs> yes, you do. I do. It's not. hilarious. Yeah, you do. But you're just saying that to try to get laughs on the Joy Junkie makes show. Makes good radio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what? <laughs> but you well, do do that. Well, okay. Before I tell everybody about you. Oh, here we go. Let me just tell everyone who's like, wait a minute, what is this podcast about? Oh yeah. So that's right. We actually do content. We do content. But we have to warm up the mics first. We feel, you know, we have affectionately called this segment the shoot the shit segment. Got to get these mics warmed up. Yeah, we got to get them. Because it's hard to just jump right in and be like, let me tell you how to, you know, live your life. So we just, we like to hang out and talk about stuff that doesn't really matter for a minute. And then we jump into either a life topic or a love topic. We jump back and forth between the two. Usually do two weeks of each. So this week we're actually talking life stuff and we're going to, give you five ways to deal with rejection yeah so it'll be yummy and delicious but let me that tell you awesome. let's get it let's get to that no let's yeah, talk let's about get, what an old man let's get, you let's are get into the content, okay babe. first of all he's got <laughs> he drinks like a whiskey nightcap like every night i like a whiskey nightcap how's, that, how's it, that an old man but thing? it's sexy and debonair that's where it's like such a double standard so all right, because so it's not, it's not sexy. geriatric. Though. It's not sexy that I slather my face with all these moisturizers and it's creams. Nineteen forties, fifties, but it's not geriatric. I know that's why I'm saying it's kind of a double standard that you're really 
you're sexy in your old man manedness. In my old madness. But, a word? but and it is now madness. Oh no, not at all. It's not a word. But okay, the the swatting of the bugs and or flies. Goddamn flies! Yeah, you get really old man. Yeah, I do. I, that reminds I, me a lot of my grandfather. I just I'm just a man on a mission. I'm like a dog. Yeah, you yeah you get very focused. I get focused. See, that's not geriatric. Okay, what else? Um, <laughs> no, that is really geriatric. No. I'm trying um, to pass over that one because I know it's old. You poop and pee in your pants. <gasps> Ew. <laughs> there you go. All right. Just kidding. I see. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Oh, I just thought. Yeah, no. Everybody thought I did, though. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thinks I shit my pants, Amy. At least I hope not. I just hate not winning this battle because it makes it sound like I'm way more old and Whoa. Gross. So you're saying I'm winning. It depends. Let's talk about rejection. <laughs> it depends. Oh. Pardon the pun. Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and my knees are failing, but your back is not the best. My back. Your back and your arm. Is it your back, baby? Yes, it's my back. But you've got lots of gray. I do have gray. I'll, I'll give you that. But that's not a geriatric tendency. That's just a fact of life. But, and then you have been wanting to like close up shop for parties a little faster than I used to. Like, okay. Have I really? A little. Sometimes you get like, you just want to, let's get home. And I'm like ready yeah, to like party. One, and it was crash. one o'clock we left our last party. That is not how we do. What? <laughs> what? What are you okay. saying? All right. Enough of that. Let's talk about rejection. What? You don't like that I shut you down? No. no. <laughs> I don't like that you got the last word. In. <laughs> this is my show. I definitely don't like that. <laughs> okay. So this is a topic that I wanted to bring to the podcast because I've been noticing it in my own life. Not necessarily that I've been experiencing a lot of rejection, although that does happen. Um, but just some people in my world who were going for a job that they they got passed up for or who were hoping a relationship would work out and it's um you know it's not so i just started looking at how people deal with rejection and kind of the the mind fuck that it presents you with i've never been rejected so i can be the what is it called the uh what's that called i don't know when you're the answer to the uh, the uh, exception to the rule, I'll be the exception to the rule. You are gross. Ew. You have totally been rejected. I know, many times. Yeah. More than I'd like to admit. But yeah, exactly. Mostly by guys, you know. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> what are you doing to the show? Okay. Anyway, go on, go on. I'm sorry. So I wanted to share with you guys a couple of instances from my own life where I experienced a rejection in the short term that in the long term ended up being really profound and exactly actually what I needed to experience in order to appreciate other things in my life. So in coaching, a lot of times we'll, we'll call it the meta view versus the micro view. So when you're in the middle of a really shitty situation where you've been rejected, it's so easy to just simply focus on your micro view, the immediacy of your current situation, how painful it is. And it really is quite traumatic depending on sure. a, a lot of different, I mean, it could be something really simple, um, <laughs> 
like, you know, you didn't get put in front of a, a project that you wanted to be put in charge of at work. Or it could be something massive, like your partner wants a divorce, mm. you know, and you Yikes. don't, you want to work on it. So it can, it can really stem across all across the board, but it's hard for us not to stay stuck in that micro view. Um, and actually look at the meta, like what might this serve in the grand purpose of my life? So we're yeah. going to discuss that a little bit. But I wanted to share with you a couple of instances that I went through where in the immediacy of it, it really was trauma and it really was horrible. And I had to kind of persevere and go through it in order to get to something that was much, much greater. So the first situation I had was a romantic situation. It was the person I was dating prior to meeting Mr. Smith. And it, it like the long and the short of it, I mean, he cheated on me. It was really quite tumultuous and uncomfortable. <laughs> but he, but thank God he did. You know, that's one of the things that I say now in retrospect. I'm like, thank God he did or else I probably would have stayed for... Right, so that's 2020. Exactly. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But... So even aside from the whole, oh, he cheated on me and all this stuff, like the the reality of it was I was way more into him than he was into me. And I didn't want to really admit that, but that was the truth. Mm-hmm. Like he just didn't adore me the way I adored him. And finally things came to a head. I found out that he was seeing other people and that was enough to push me over the edge and be like, no more. And then... You know, not very few minutes, you know, just a Couple few months, months later, later yeah. you walk into my swooped. life. Swooped. Swooped on in. Swooped in. Take <laughs> advantage of your weakness. Yeah, you did. You prayed on the weak. <laughs> no, um, you really opened my eyes to so many other things that were possible inside of a relationship and inside of a, a man, like who, what a man could really be. Oh, wow. And so anyway, could I see that in the immediacy of what was going on at the breakup? No. No. I'm devastated. I think I'll never find anybody else. I'll never be able to love anyone else like that. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands. You don't see it until you get presented with a new scenario. Right. Yeah. I had another situation like that when I was working at... Well, those of you who don't know, prior to getting involved in coaching and self-help and stuff like that, I worked as a makeup artist for about a decade. And in my early 20s, I worked for a makeup academy. And at the time, it felt like all the right doors being opened for me and this is exactly what I need to succeed in this career. I was going to be able to teach. I was going to have so much insider scoop into a bunch of stuff. It really felt like this door a, a portal into this career that I wanted mm-hmm. that I was craving at the time. And I'll save you all the gory details, but it ended up just going to hell in a handbasket and it just shit went down with the owner, a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, that was pretty, pretty crazy. It was crazy. I ended up being escorted off the premises, fired it, with, with lo- the lawyer escorted me off the premises, wild. which catapulted me into like this massive depression probably about three months and I was like where the hell do I go now all my eggs were in that basket I got unemployment I was just really a mess and I remember you telling me I just want to see the spark in your eyes again I want to see the life in your eyes I love that spark baby I was I was lost for a while Mm -hmm. and because I couldn't see any other option like I was really stuck in that micro view of like there's no other option besides this to create this career that I wanted 
So I was in that mourning place for a really long time and then probably longer than was comfortable. And then I ended up getting a job with a company that I was with for, you know, eight or nine years that proved to be a remarkable, incredible experience that I ended up getting a lot of my education paid for because of that company. I got to, you know, visit some incredible places internationally, was able to accumulate a lot of the skill set that I still use in my current field. So it ended up being this massive, amazing step. And that rejection really was like God's protection. Right. And you guys may have, may have heard that mantra before. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not always super comfortable using the word God, but you know, substitu- you could substitute anything, whatever though. the universe, your yeah. higher self, your higher power, whatever, Buddha. but that there's, there's some sort of reason for your rejection. And yeah. for me, I like that notion feels better to me. I'd rather mm. attach to that. And then my final example, you know, when I was getting involved in coaching in the coaching world, I was researching coaching schools and one of them that I first went to deemed that I was too young and inexperienced to go through their program with them. They didn't know you very well. They sure the fuck didn't. (laughs) But that experience ended up leading me to the Coaches Training Institute or CTI, which is the school that I ended up getting credentialed through that was... So a perfect fit for me. Yeah. Uh, my, I mean, they just welcomed me with open arms. Yeah. They are an incredible coaching establishment. I still highly advocate them. And not only that, but I was able to meet some huge key players in my life now because I was rejected from that original school. Right. And, you know, we interviewed Andrea Owen last week who's my best friend, business partner, colleague, confidant, pretty much everything to me. Yeah. My wife. Your wife? (laughs) My wife, sometimes I call her. (laughs) She's like, oh, that's new. (laughs) And I'm like, we just haven't run for political office. That's really the only (laughs) shit we haven't done together. Which Which you could do. Which we could do. Uh, But anyway, so I ended up meeting her. And so, again, it's like that whole hindsight's 2020. You can see things so much clearer once the new thing is presented to you but when the new thing is not presented to you and you're just in the middle of that hurt what do you do you know how do you survive that rejection so i that's what i wanted to give you guys today is some five steps you know some tangible things that you could employ to help you get through this rejection a little bit easier i love it yeah what are you thinking over there i'm ready for content yep you're ready so the first step is allow yourself to feel what you feel and This one I tell people all the time, but when you are rejected, most likely, whether you're thinking of a job opportunity, um, a friendship, relationships, whatever it is, there's a loss. And I think we sometimes believe that we only get to mourn when the loss is of a life. You know, when somebody Mm. dies, that constitutes mourning. But the but I believe our personal humanity is the most resilient and able to overcome obstacles when we actually give ourselves the freedom to face mourning and loss head on, like hmm. plow right fucking through it. Right. And really give yourself the freedom to feel what you feel. You know, and I, I've used the example before. There was a time when I was, I auditioned for a show that I wanted to be a part of and I didn't get it. And I had built myself up 
with all this like self-help, like, no, you're a better person and this is just a great experience and be so grateful. And and I skipped over the morning process Mm -hmm. and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. Comes on later, right? And yeah. And I just kind of had to ball my eyes out and give myself the freedom to feel what I feel. So you're saying uh, manage it early. I, I call it what it is. Like acknowledge the fact that you're bummed out, yeah. you know, and give yourself the space to feel that. So the difference is being sad, like genuinely sad with a turn of events and then making it mean something about who you are as a person. That is a that's totally a hard different thing, to thing. It's a hard thing not to do. And that's my second point is what are you making this rejection mean? So there's room for you to have them exist separately because too often what we do is we ignore how we feel and we think, okay, that didn't work. Now what? Now I need to go get that other job that I, you know, because I didn't get this other one. Now I need to jump into bed with somebody else or I need to find a new spouse immediately because this hurts too much. Mm -hmm. And Although sometimes I think action is helpful for us, I don't want people to ever skip over actually mourning what they need to mourn. Well, how how long is that okay? Because people hang out there way too long. Yeah, that's exactly true. Well, um, I'm going to get to that in a second. But moving to that second thing, what are you making this rejection mean? Like in that situation where I didn't get the part that I was looking for it's one thing to like because I've done so much self-help work and looked at a lot of this stuff I was able to to not make it mean that I'm a loser or that I'm a horrible actress or that I'll never accomplish my dreams or that there's all these other people better than me I was able to just go I'm fucking bummed it was something I wanted I didn't get it and I'm gonna be sad about it right and I'm just gonna be a little bit pissy and cry today and that doesn't mean that I'm awful and horrible and I'm aware of that, but I'm still allowing this space to be bummed. Well, that takes a lot of discipline though, because it's so easy to get stuck in that phase. Right. You know, so do you have, are you going to get to the point where, okay, this is how you get out of that? Well, a lot of that is your own timing and there's a time when, and this is, this is what's delicate is figuring out the line where the mourning actually serves you and grieving that loss actually serves you and then where it crosses the line where it's no longer serving you, Mm. where you're not getting out of bed, where you're not taking care of yourself, where you're not nurturing friendships, you're not, you know, like there hits a point when it's no longer helping you deal with your emotions. And that's different for everybody. Right. So you just have to be cognizant of that. You do. You have to be aware and it's really a point of... I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. Like you hit that point where you're like, I'm sick of how I feel. And that's the time to make a change. Gotcha. Okay. So it, and it's an internal knowing. So mm. yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. But so for you, if you're in the middle of a rejection, what are you making it mean? If it's career, are you making it mean that there's going to be no other option for you? If it's a relationship, are you making it mean that you'll never find somebody else? Again, that's micro view. Of course, that's the only way you're going to see it because that's the only proof you have in front of you. You right. can't see the future, right? So start looking at what have you created as truth about your current situation. 
Okay. So if it was me being rejected from the play, if I was making up a truth that I'll never get, I'll never get a part that I want to get, that's not exactly true. That's just something you are creating. So know that whatever you create in your mind as truth will be your reality. So why not make it something that feels powerful? The third step is let go of why. Oh my God, for Christ's sake, don't ask yourself why, 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 over and over why. Because you never get the fucking answer. Why did he leave me? Why did she leave me? Why doesn't she see how perfect we are? Why doesn't he understand that I can be everything for him? Why Why don't they think that I'm the perfect person for the job? Why did I get skipped over for this presentation? Why didn't they want me to be a part of it? Why, 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 why? You never, ever get the fucking answer. Yeah. You spin yourself into a fucking tailspin. That's a good point. And it usually makes you stay in a really shitty, uncomfortable place. I would hire you in a minute. Oh, you're sweet. I would. Thanks, baby. Because that's exactly true. You you get stuck in that why, and most people just... Keep asking. Keep asking, and they don't really know that it's a cycle. They just are searching. Right. Right? And, and, and that's normal, because we want an answer. Why did this fall apart? Mm-hmm. Something, give me a reason for it falling apart. Right. So instead, ask yourself, what? 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 <laughs> Say what? <laughs> what is the reason for this in my life? What is the lesson? What are the possibilities? Right. Looking at this needed to happen in my life for some reason. What is it? Hmm. And I will tell you this. Don't even try to get to that place until you've mourned. Like that's why mourning is number one. Because you can't even begin to look at the lesson. Until you've cleared the... Until you've let yourself like bury yourself in haagen and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and talk to your girlfriends and cried and been a mess for a while. Yeah, you got you to gotta clear the clouds. Because if somebody were to ask you in those moments... What do you think this the purpose of this is in your grand scheme? You'd be like, You're fuck like, Shut off. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So this is when once you've started to hit that curve of I'm so sick of feeling depressed. I'm so sick of feeling down about this. I'm ready to brush myself off. That's when you start asking yourself. What? What? So What's the lesson so here? So is it okay to ask why during the morning period? I would. I try to always stay away from that because yeah. it... For, personally, for me, it locks me into victimhood because most people go, why me? So what's a healthy way of staying, of letting yourself feel what you feel? Acknowledging that and just be like, I wanted that job and I didn't get it mm. and it pisses me off and I'm fucking bummed. Gotcha. And that's the kind of stuff that you can allow. So admission. Yeah. Okay. I want that relationship. I see us as perfect and... I need to accept that that's not what's happening, but I am pissed about it and I'm uncomfortable and I'm mad. God damn it. Why don't they see this in me? Mm. You know, like we initially, we innately go to the why. We can't help it. But just be aware of what's happening. Gotcha. Good steps. Number four, and this is another one that really can only happen when you start to reach that point of recovery. And that is be open to the future. So in those moments of rejection, it feels asinine to say, 
well, I'm sure another door is going to open. Or, you know, like people who say that shit to you, you want to punch them in the face. You don't like, believe it, right? You don't believe you're it. You're not ready for it. You're not, you're not ready for it. You want this to be the end of the fucking world because that's what it feels like. <laughs> and so that's how you're going to address it. I like it. Right? So one thing that I always advocate is be open to the future. You don't have to say, I'm sure my soulmate is out there somewhere if you don't fucking believe it. Or I'm sure this just means there's going to be somebody better for me. Or I'm sure that there's going to be an amazing new job opportunity that comes when you're like so frustrated that you didn't land what you just got. Tell yourself something you could buy into. Like, you know what? I can't see it right now, but I'm open to the future. I'm open to being surprised. Sounds like a fortune cookie. Does it? Be open to future. Be open to future. (laughs) Um, but seriously, that's we, you know, I, I gave you guys all these examples and I'm sure you can see them in your own life where when you look back, you're like, thank God that douchebag broke up with me. Thank God I didn't stay at that job longer than it. Thank God they fired me. I'm glad that guy broke me. up with you. Uh, right? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is usually you can look back and say, thank God. And here's the lesson I see. Right. So right. when you're in the moment, trust that. Trust that the future might be awesome. You know? Might need shades. You might need shades because your future's so bright. <laughs> so anyway, what I'm saying is tell yourself things that you can buy into. Like, you know what? I can't see it right now, but I'm open to a positive future. I'm open to being surprised. I can't imagine somebody being better for me than this person, but I'm open to being surprised. So you just start opening up your mind a little bit to this being finite instead of indefinite this i think we all know that that it's not finite i think you know if you have a healthy mind you realize that that's not going to be the end of the world you know but it feels but it's yeah but it does it's a visceral feeling you actually feel it and more so even than like the job or things like that for people when they're in relationships people have this notion of this needs to work the thing that I'm doing now needs to work because I don't fucking want to start over again I don't want to I'd rather take with what I know even though it's bullshit than take the risk of finding a soulmate who who in the fuck knows if that even exists you know and so their big per, risk. their perspective around it is one based off of fear yeah right so so sometimes for us it's easier for us to believe that this was the only opportunity it didn't work out and now I'm a shithead <laughs> now I have no possible solution yeah that's how we that's the truth we make up a lot it's of true. times it's true so number 5 is once you've kind of gone through this, you've let yourself feel what you feel, you are examining exactly what you're making this rejection mean. Drum roll. You stop asking why. You're asking what your lesson is. You're open to the future. Then you consciously choose a perspective about it. And it could be as simple as rejection is God's protection. Um, like that's something that I find comfort in. So I use that. Like if I receive rejection i i feel like i have the evidence in my life to support that notion like you know what every time i've been rejected it's led to greener pastures elsewhere um 
It might even be what we just talked about a second ago, which is, you know what? I'm open to the future and that is my perspective. So choose something. Name it something like the optimism perspective or mm-hmm. or shit's about to explode perspective or, you know, it's about to get crazy or I'm, whatever. A, I'm creating, I'm consciously creating my life or whatever you want to do that says I am in a, I'm in a new frame of mind around this and I want to reiterate too that you can't get to this place this is like the resiliency place you can't get here like the phoenix rising until you have gone through the morning until you've let yourself be pissed a blubbery mess been crying do whatever you need to do and then we all get that place the threshold where we're like ugh I can't just sit here and do nothing anymore I can't sit here and play our song over and over again and be depressed and mourn and you know I need to get out of the house I need we hit that threshold notice that yeah and take action do something about it you have to act quick though mm-hmm gotta move gotta move movement is life so That's all my clients said all the time it's true but it also movement will break up your psychological pattern right. so if you're sitting there In coaching, we always call it your geography. Like if your geography is you're laying in your bed, curled up, fetal position, crying, being a mess over a breakup. If you just pick yourself up, go walk outside, you immediately break up that, that emotional pattern. Does it mean you stop feeling hurt? No, but it might stop you from sinking into that vortex, which is depression. Right. Hmm. So there's definitely something to be said for moving your body and moving your physical space. Um, But yeah, so I would say like in a nutshell, it's letting yourself, give yourself the space to mourn whatever that looks like for you and acknowledging what you're making this rejection mean and then being really aware of your threshold. Like when have I been down long enough? You know, when have I processed long enough? And then make that conscious choice to switch it switching your perspective choosing a mantra that feels good for you starting to ask yourself what's my lesson what might be the meta view here what might my future self look back and and say you needed to experience this so that you would see x y or z yeah nice for me um what i do when i mourn is i put on a black veil and just wail at the top of my lungs it's really sexy yeah it feels good does it Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm So maybe you process like Mr. Smith with a full-blown outfit. That's right. Um, but yeah, and I wish I could say, you know what? Give yourself a week and then, right, you right. know. But sure, it, it but it's depends, different for everybody. It depends on the level of investment yeah. in this thing that you've been rejected from. It depends how much it affects your well-being, uh, it, how much it affects your financial state, how much it affects your family. And, you know, like it depends on the level for a lot of people. You know? Yeah, I can see that for sure. There's no like, you know, set rule for that. But I, no. I think the trouble with, with you know, this situation is it's so much easier to sit there and ask why than it is to move. It is. You're right. You know? You're than right. to move forward. So people get stuck in that. And even if they do move forward, they don't go through the steps and it eventually comes back and hits them later. Well, I think one of the biggest issues in just really in self-help in general, anytime we give advice or talk to people about being better, we always want to find the answer externally. We mm-hmm. want to find, we want that job to say, 
you just weren't qualified enough or that person to say, I just didn't love you enough. If you would have been more of this, then I would have loved you. Right. We, we want to look outside and get, why do you feel this way about me? And then if I can get that answer, then I'll be happy, right. which is such a fallacy. So the real true answer to happiness is to do your own work. Look internally. Find your own meaning about this situation. Create your own truth. Nice. Don't let everybody else create it for you. Yeah. Find your own power in why you needed to experience this rejection and create your life, your reality from that instead of allowing all these other people to dictate why you needed to experience this. So that's essentially what we're doing when we ask why is we're trying to find other people's reasoning right. instead of our own truth. So what is more empowering than why? That would be, my, that'd be a good mantra. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I will look at a lot of times going, what is my lesson? What was I meant to experience? I mean, just even recently, I mean, you can substitute rejection for just shitty ass situations too. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did this shitty ass situation happen to me? Um, I popped my tire the oh, other right. day at school. <laughs> and... <laughs> I could have easily gone into the oh, why me why today it was during oh, the middle of a big project at yeah. school it was just you know and instead I went you know what what was my lesson in this you know what my lesson is is to calm down to slow the fuck down to slow the going. fuck down and to actually enjoy each moment instead of charging ahead trying to get to the next thing and let me tell That's you a challenge for me for sure that lesson felt way better that mind conversation of amy what is your lesson here what do you need to learn what do you need to acknowledge felt way better than the vortex of why me why did it happen today why this why uh that yep. feels exasperating i never get the answer i stay stuck in a fucking vortex and i don't feel powerful that's true wow so Th these are powerful powerful ways I, I think this right here is i mean it's obviously there's room to move around in there yeah. in those five but I, I think if you're listening and you haven't written these down somewhere so that you have them when the issue comes up like then fucking you, do it then you can just come back to our podcast and you can tell all your friends that's right oh and that's another thing too uh we just realized that we get a lot more advertisement on itunes when all you lovely junkies give us ratings and reviews. So That's right. we would so appreciate any, we would appreciate positive reviews yeah, <laughs> and ratings. Any reviews. I mean, pretty much only good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll but, take the constructive criticism. You take the good ones. Yeah. Send all complaints to Mr. Smith, That's but right. you can, uh, under all podcast notes, you'll see directions on how to post reviews on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you haven't done so already, you can swing by the joyjunkie.com and get your digital life and love kit. Tons of free, amazing content there for you. Ebooks and audio lessons and classes, all sorts of cool stuff. And you can also swing by the podcast page. Let us hear your thoughts. Let us know if there's any topics you would like discussed. And as always, we just, we really appreciate you hanging out with us on the regular. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. I like hanging out with you on the reg. Yeah. Let's do some business together, baby. Doing some business. All right. All right, guys. So that's about it for this week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith signing out. <laughs>